0: you're listening to future thinking from stylus the show where our analysts alongside industry thought leaders unpack the big trends you need to know about find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com hello and welcome to future thinking from stylus i'm your host christian ward head of multimedia strategy at stylus Today we're going to be getting a bit meta on the podcast by talking about podcasting what's the state of the industry right now how has the pandemic changed listening behaviors who's innovating, and lots more. To discuss this, I'm joined by James Cridland, editor of the Pod News Network, which includes the excellent Pod News daily newsletter and podcast. So welcome, James. It would be great to kick off with a bit about your career path and what led you to founding Pod News, because you have a very long and storied history in the world of audio and radio.
1: I do, Christian. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, Yes, so I have been working in radio for quite some time now. I started in the late 1980s and, uh, you know, very much enjoyed my time working as a radio presenter and writing radio commercials and stuff like that. Ended up leaving radio in 2009, or at least leaving working for a radio company full time but worked as a consultant for some time and realised that I knew quite a lot about podcasting since I'd been involved in podcasting, really ever since podcasting started becoming a thing in early 2005, and that there was nowhere around where you could actually get daily news about the podcast industry. And I thought there's something that I can jump into, and thank heavens I did, because I started doing it in 2017, and of course, 2020 was uh, an interesting year. If you are earning your revenue by going around the world, speaking at conferences, that didn't necessarily work too well for me. So so I was very pleased that I was writing a daily newsletter, which now nearly 20,000 people get every single day. So,
0: So let's get into the state of podcasting, because obviously it's been, you know, accelerating over the past couple of years. And then we had this pandemic, which I'm wondering, has it affected podcast listening positively or negatively?
1: I, mean, I think that the big thing that the pandemic affected was habit, particularly for audio, which is a secondary medium, as some people call it, or as I prefer to call it, a multitasking medium, in that you can consume audio while you're doing other things, and particularly in many parts of the world, particularly in the US, by commuting in your car. So obviously, if you weren't commuting anymore, you didn't have that time in the day to listen to podcasts, as many people do, or to radio, as many people do. So I think that sort of change of our habits clearly changed the way that we were listening to audio. We, we did see a tiny dip very early on in March or April. But that dip was very short lived. And what we ended up seeing is actually quite a lot of people using podcasts as me time, using podcasts as a excuse to hide away from the kids, hide away from the rest of the family, you know, enjoy that sort of thing. And actually, both the consumption of podcasts and also, Just the amount of podcasts being made, of course, as well, certainly increased all the way during 2020. So that was very interesting to see. And it was a very positive change, I think. Not necessarily as positive for revenue, but actually the revenue side of it has also bounced back, which is nice to see.
0: You mentioned there that, you know, people had more time to listen, but also, I guess, start podcasts. And here we are um, recording a podcast over Zoom when, you know, previously I was recording this in a, in a studio in, in London. And I'm imagining that lots of other people have sort of come to the conclusion that, you know, doing a podcast now is is a fairly simple thing to to pull off. So have you seen any sort of interesting innovation in terms of, of new Uh, content, new formats that, that have arrived in the past 18 months.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, as you say, I think the big change has been how we record these things, how we make audio. You no longer need to go into a slightly damp-smelling studio in the, in the middle of in the middle of London, off Tottenham Court Road. Instead, you can actually do this from home, and you need you know a couple of hundred dollars worth or pounds worth of you know recording equipment, and that's basically it. So that, what's been interesting around that is that quite a lot of the more complicated podcasts that are put together, particularly fiction, have really benefited because instead of trying to get great actors, great voice actors from across the world into a recording studio, it's been so much easier just being able to use, you know, Zoom, Riverside, whatever it might be, to actually record people. So that's been very interesting and that has led actually to a bunch more fiction shows and fiction is one of the podcast genres which is really increasing at the moment so that's nice. I I think what we also saw though is an awful lot of celebrity led shows partially because if you are a celebrity you frankly couldn't do anything. There was no TV being filmed, there was no movies being filmed particularly, you know, in terms of in terms of being able to go out and do live shows, there wasn't any of that either. So I think we had possibly slightly too many celebrity led shows over the last uh, year or so those are beginning to calm down which is nice and uh, you know and so that's you know again another change that we saw in terms of the content that we had out there.
0: Yeah I mean it's interesting that the celebrity side of things because you know obviously they grab the the numbers because it just is inevitable that that they will but uh, I, I do wonder whether that is bringing more people into the the sort of podcast world in terms of new listeners who might not have tried before have you seen anything that sort of suggests that's true
1: yeah, I mean, certainly if you're a big fan of someone and they start doing a podcast, you will probably learn how to do podcasting, how to listen to a podcast to check that that show out. We actually saw this a while back before the pandemic with Dr. Phil. Who is a very well-known U.S. TV star? He started doing a podcast called "Fill in the Blanks," and the amount of people who are brand new to podcasts had no idea how they worked, didn't see the purple button on their on their iPhone, and were desperately trying to understand how it worked so that they could have a listen to Dr. Phil. That was really interesting, and I suspect that that's going on at a micro level you know, with every single celebrity launch. And I think, you know, certainly having more cerebral launches, rather than the sort of the Joe Rogan end of the market, actually having people like, you know, David Tennant, and that sort of thing, and Louis Theroux has certainly aided people's understanding that podcasting can be for them, it can be as, you know, as intelligent speech as you want it to be, or, or indeed not, in the case of Rogan. So, you know, so I think that's been really helpful.
0: So, speaking of Joe Rogan, obviously, you know, for those who might not know him, he is a a very popular podcast, and he has been snapped up by Spotify in the in the past twelve months, with a huge amount of money to lure him to Spotify exclusively, mm. and Spotify now is becoming. One of the bigger players, although Apple still dominates, it would be interesting to see or to hear about what you think is is happening in the business landscape in in, in podcasting, who is sort of going to make the most interesting moves, in your opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's two numbers out there. One number is the number that you normally see, which is Apple Podcasts download versus Spotify's downloads, and Apple Podcasts, as you say, is still d- dominating there. Around, I calculate around 40% of downloads goes to Apple Podcasts, around 30% goes to Spotify. So they're close, but Apple Podcasts is still very much, you know, ahead. There is the other side, though, which is if you, instead of looking at total downloads, you look at human beings. How many human beings are using Apple? How many human beings are using Spotify? Certainly in most parts of the world, Spotify actually leads. So people are consuming podcasts on Spotify. They may not be consuming quite as many podcasts because they're probably quite new listeners. But nevertheless, there are an awful lot of people now consuming shows, consuming podcasts on uh, Spotify. And Apple is remaining there as being... You know the, the the connoisseur's choice, but one suspects that uh, Spotify is going to overtake Apple even in those countries where it hasn't yet. So that's interesting to end up seeing. I mean, obviously, you know, Spotify has been investing an awful lot in terms of content. You um, mentioned Joe Rogan; that uh, podcast was bought for one hundred million dollars which is quite a thing, but that's not the only large podcast that Spotify have purchased. They've purchased a number of different podcast studios, Gimlet and the ringer and many others. They've also purchased a bunch of other individual shows as well. Um, And they're doing this very much to pull audiences towards Spotify and to use Spotify for all of their audio. And there's a good degree of analysis that shows that that is actually working and working quite well for them. So that's interesting seeing that going on. You've then got Amazon who are jumping into this space with gusto. They've purchased Wondery, which is a big podcast studio, and over the last couple of weeks purchased a podcast host called Art19, which means that they've got the tech behind it as well. And finally, you've got Apple, who really, for the last 10 years, have been sat on their hands watching other people trying to get involved in podcasting and not really caring about it. Now I suspect that Apple have woken up and gone, ooh, maybe we should be innovating in this space. And so they have brought out very recently both a complete redesign of their podcasts app, which hasn't necessarily gone down particularly well with everybody, but also they've launched paid-for podcasts, which you can certainly see some people are jumping into you know with both feet thinking that that is the future for them in terms of monetization rather than you know interrupting their their podcast with a 30 second ad for a mattress company or for a or for a noodle company so you know apple is certainly changing things as well so it's a fascinating time at the moment
0: yeah absolutely and i mean i think it's fascinating, also for I mean, our audience who there are, you know we have a lot of brands and creatives and, and marketers mm-hmm. listen to this podcast, and so I think you know we've heard that there's a, that the audience is there that the audience is growing, the technology is is getting easier to use, and also the the landscape of, of of where to distribute your podcasts is is getting much more interesting. So it's inevitable, I think, that brands will start to think about podcasting as a much stronger tool for communication than perhaps they had before. And I wonder if you've seen from a brand perspective anything that's impressed you in terms of how brands are approaching podcasting or how they should approach podcasting.
1: One of the things that I've spotted over the last six months has been the rise of private podcasts. That's a podcast that you might not pay for it, but it's a podcast that you have to be invited to listen to or invite yourself to have a listen to. And actually, if you are working from home, if you're part of a large company who are all working from home, then either you can get an email from your you know, CEO every single week, which you know many people probably would never read and it would be quite dull. Or you could get a short, pithy podcast. And that's what quite a lot of larger companies are doing, which is interesting. So private podcasts only available to those people who work for you, but a different way and a much more, whenever you talk about podcasts, you have to use the, the word intimate. So I'm, I'm just about to use it. Uh, a much more intimate way of communicating with your uh, employees. So that's, uh, you, you know, one way that, that large companies are using podcasts, what some companies have done is that they've actually gone, you know what, we'll make a private podcast, but we'll actually not make it private at all. We'll cover everything that our employees would find interesting. We won't go into future strategy. And we'll release it so that everybody can have a listen. And so you've got companies like Trader Joe's, which has done this sort of thing, which is a U.S. grocery store. American Airlines has also done something similar where, you know, it's a podcast, which is really built for their employees, but it's available for anyone to go and have a listen to if you want to. And that has got a surprising amount of 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 their customers going, this is really good. This is really interesting. This is allowing me to get far closer to my brand, far closer to my favorite brand, you know, than I, uh, than I ha- have ever been. So th- those are sort of interesting. I think also, you know, I- interesting seeing the amount of branded content out there. So I used to write radio ads for a living. I can't think of anything worse than a 30-minute ad for a company to go and have a listen to. That sounds like uh, that sounds like dr- a dreadful idea. But you do have a bunch of different companies who are now setting themselves up to work with brands to amplify what that brand is all about but produce great content that people actually want to have listened to so there's a company out of um... canada who i've been following for many years called pacific content and they claim that they they don't make branded podcasts they make stories with brands And one of the sets of shows that they've made is for the company Mozilla, which makes a a web browser, Firefox and various other things to do with privacy online. And so they've made a bunch of shows all about privacy on the Internet, which is great, a great listen. It happens to come to you from Mozilla, and that 's a lovely thing, but actually you know it 's a great lesson, even if it wasn 't actually you know sponsored. it still covers what that brand wants to end up covering so I think that there there are a bunch of people who are using using branding in a much more interesting way other than a 30second th- a ad or a presenter red ad for you know a mattress or, or a cheap razor
0: Yeah brilliant and I think there's obviously some opportunity to go even further uh, into sort of sponsored content and as you were talking about the, the fiction the rise of fiction podcasts I mean I remember uh, years ago in fact GE sponsoring some science fiction Podcast series, which I thought was very sort of ahead of ahead of its time, and maybe was too far ahead of its time in in those days. There wasn't quite a, a large enough audience for it, but I I did, do think that it's an interesting idea for for brands to get into original content like they have done on TV uh, and do it in the audio space.
1: Yeah, and that, you know, and another great example is a it, it, this was even a podcast in South Africa, and South Africa isn't necessarily the sort of place that you would think of as being. You know the most innovative, but it was a it was for a it was for a bank that also offered pensions and things like that or supers as we call them here in Australia, very confusing. Anyway, it was a bank that was doing that sort of thing, and it sponsored a fiction podcast which was all about all about what the future would be. You know, so very much set in the future, and of course the only way that you could get there is it is if you invest. You know, now to you know to to protect your future. It's those sorts of tie-ins which actually work really nicely. And there's lots of different examples of that.
0: Brilliant. I mean, what I love about podcasts is that because it's so, you know, relatively easy to produce, you you do get these podcasts that really target some crazy niches. Mm-hmm. And I've been writing recently about how podcasting is enabling a lot of underserved voices, traditionally underserved voices to find audiences. In my in my specific example, I was writing about Latin American media and there's been mm-hmm. a huge rise in Latin American podcasting over the past 12 months. But obviously, you know, you could you can think about think about things in terms of like hyper local news or minority perspectives. And obviously LBGTQ discourse is finding, you know, some really interesting outlets in the podcasting space too. So I wonder, you know, uh, what what you've seen in terms of successful podcasts that that are reaching those kind of traditionally underserved audiences and, and how they're doing it.
1: I think that's probably one of the most exciting thing about podcasts is that instead of broadcast, where you kind of have to get the best value out of your channel, out of your frequency... Uh, with a podcast you don't necessarily need to do that you need to focus on your on your niche or if you're American niche you need to focus on that and make sure that they that you know you are super serving that particular audience and uh, there's a podcast consultant and maker called Eric Newsom based in the us who talks about the four million podcasts which are out there as four million niches that are all super serving their their particular audience. I'm not necessarily sure that all 4 million are, but but you know, certainly you can you can kind of uh, get that. So, I mean, there's one example for example in Dorset in in the UK, a in Shaftesbury. There's a, a really interesting piece of news podcasts which is called Alfred and it is a 30-minute Daily podcast, which sounds just as good as, you know, BBC local radio or a BBC national radio, even, but it's very much focused about that particular town which is a town that frankly isn't isn't completely in Dorset isn't completely in Devon it's a bit of a sort of a mix match of quite where it is and so therefore it's not really served particularly well by any media and what's been fascinating about that is that is that you know everybody in that town has found it is listening to it on a daily basis it's got that habit going that I was talking about earlier that people will you know listen to alfred every every morning as they you know want to catch up to speed with everything that's been going on and I find that sort of thing you know really interesting so you 've got both hyperlocal stuff and there's a whole new podcast network which has launched in the US which is focusing on that sort of thing as well to you know things that Spotify are doing for example where they are paying for a training and mentoring and support program in different countries For different types of people to ensure that the people making podcasts are just as diverse as the people who are listening to them. So the podcast audience in the US is just as diverse as the US is, which is great. So it's just, it has exactly the same the same types of people listening as exist in in that country. But the type of people who are making podcasts still skews towards people like me, middle-aged, you know, white men with beards, uh, and doesn't necessarily skew towards some of the, you, you know, some of the more underserved uh, voices. So companies like Spotify have been piling money into that, so that firstly they have first dibs on the on the output of course but also secondly so that they can actually encourage more people into this uh, space and only recently we've seen Spotify doing this for black voices in the US but also for female voices in India they've been clever enough to look at individual cultures and gone where are the underserved you know voices here how can we actually help and actually you know and actually jumped in with both feet there so that that's been you know fascinating to actually see and exactly the sort of thing that a up-and-coming podcast network ought to be doing in my opinion.
0: Now we've been talking about podcasting specifically but obviously Audio in general is having a, a bit of a moment at, at the moment. I mean, I literally wrote an article for Stylist a few months back called Audio, the new social network. And I was talking about things like Clubhouse and other voice chat platforms and the fact that, you know, every week there seems to be a new headphone or earpod, which is going to transform the way we listen. And obviously, you know, there's there's a lot going on here, and, and it, it, some of it's been driven by the pandemic and the fact that we've all been stuck inside, and audio has become uh, a good way of of delivering and listening to content. I, I wonder what you think the future holds for audio in general.
1: Yeah, I I think it's a fascinating time. There is more audio being listened to now than ever before, which is which is great, and also what I find. Interesting is the amount of music in that is actually going down. The amount of music listened to has gone down by 8% in the last five or six years. So people are listening to more spoken word which is fascinating to end up seeing. And in fact, we were in a um, really lucky situation here in Australia, if you're a researcher, in terms of different audio, because we had a situation in the middle of the pandemic last year where Melbourne was in complete lockdown, people couldn't go anywhere, whereas Brisbane, where I live, wasn't in lockdown at all. And we were both still being surveyed in exactly the same way for audio listening, in this case for radio listening. That was a fascinating way for us to spot what happens when you are in lockdown, what are you more focused on? And what we saw there is that people, firstly, people used far more technology to have a listen to audio. So the use of smart speakers, the use of DAB radios in in this country went up an awful lot. But what we also saw is the amount of speech listening to went up and the amount of music listening went down and i found that really interesting and part partly part of that is of course wanting to know what's going on and wanting to hear from other human beings and all of that all of that sort of thing so i suspect that that has driven Quite a lot of these social audio platforms like Clubhouse, like Spotify Greenroom, Twitter Spaces, Fireside, so on and so forth. But I suspect also that that those won't go away as we begin to come out of the pandemic. I suspect that we'll actually have, you know, those will fill some niches, some itches for people that are wanting to get together with... You know, a bunch of people that feel as strongly as they do about underwater knitting or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, so I find those really fascinating. But just the growth of audio overall is, I think, really interesting and the growth of different voices and different people doing it. It's a very exciting time.
0: Fantastic. So at the end of each episode, James, I ask my guests three quickfire questions. And the first one is what's the best business or career advice you've ever been given?
1: Never send your invoices. If you're a uh, freelancer or a consultant, never send your invoices yourself. Make up an email address and name and um, get that made up person to chase your invoices for you.
0: And the second question is what's a consumer problem or challenge you don't think has been successfully solved yet. Uh,
1: how's your email Christian is your email <laughs> under control?
0: <laughs> Not really no.
1: Just email would someone sort out email. I mean loads of people have tried but my goodness me email is the biggest the biggest amount of frustration and you know nervousness stress for me. Please, if somebody could sort out email, that would be brilliant. So
0: the final question is, (laughs) which individuals or brands do you look to for inspiration in your work?
1: I look at, so, I mean, individuals, I'm really enjoying working with a colleague of mine who I've met once, he, he's a man called Brian Barletta. He writes a newsletter called Sounds Profitable, which is all about ad tech in podcasting. So those clever adverts that appear in the middle of a podcast and weirdly know... You are and where you're listening, and all of that kind of stuff he he knows an awful lot about that, and it's been fascinating bouncing ideas off him and just having a good mentor in terms of in terms of that so finding someone who is very close to you in terms of the business that you run and bouncing ideas off them so that that's been hugely useful but also, I love those brands, and Flickr used to be one of those brands that just had really good copywriting for everything. You would never see a bad piece of a bad piece of copy on an error message on their website or you know when you were signing up you would never see something that was you know boring and dull there were always very friendly well written ways in to actually you know start using a particular product and I think there's a there's a special skill in terms of making products friendly Easy to use and giving something which is online a personality, and I don't think enough people do that.
0: Yeah, very true. Uh, I, I I never really thought about that for about Flickr actually. I've never a big Flickr user, but but yeah. Yeah, it was a long, a,
1: well, a long, long time ago. I mean, you know, again, this is showing my age, but a long, long time ago, you know, Orange in the UK, which was a mobile phone company. I can't even believe I have to say that. Um, <laughs> Orange was an amazing brand if if only because you just felt incredibly proud to have an orange phone and to you know they were the first company i think to actually to actually paint the orange logo onto every single phone that they sold because it was a logo that you wanted to show off to other people that you were part of this new world. And I think, you know, there's a bunch of very clever companies. Up bank here in Australia is another similar one. You should have a look at the Up Bank website to get some kind of idea. They've completely changed the view of a bank. And I just love I just love that whole giving something a personality and always always sticking through with that personality all the way through your particular product, whether it's an error message, whether it's your bill, whatever it is, is a very clever thing if you can pull that off.
0: Well, thank you so much. A, a podcast about podcasting. I think it's, it's taken me 91 episodes to, to get to this point. But I think, <laughs> congratulations. You know- <laughs> I think it was, uh, you know, massive. Um, so it, it, it's such an exciting time for audio, as we as we've been discussing. And I think, you know, I, I hope our listeners, if you are working with brands, or or, or you're in agencies and you and you want to jump into this world, I think it's definitely the best time to do it right now. So I'd like to thank my guest, James Cridland. Coming all the way from Brisbane. And thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear your feedback. On Twitter, we're at stylus underscore live, and I'm at Christian Ward. And on Instagram, you can find us at WeAreStylus. Join us next time for more Future Thinking from Stylus. You've been listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com. If you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to Future Thinking in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to hear new episodes as soon as they're available.